Hi, everyone. I'm Ingrid Dietz, Staff Advisor of the DBSA Young Adult Council. We're joined by author and mental health advocate Linnea Johnson for today's podcast on helping people who may be struggling with a mood disorder in silence. So many of us don't know how to reach out for help or are reluctant to let anyone in on our experiences. We hope that today's podcast will help people find ways to not go it alone. So, Linnea, I know this is a topic that's near and dear to you. Is that because you've seen others struggling silently or because of your own experiences? It's a little bit of both. Um, In my work as an advocate, I've seen a lot of people that are struggling in silence that, because I disclose, feel comfortable disclosing to me. So I see a lot of people that have not never told anyone before. Um, And it's amazing how many people are out there struggling in silence. Um, I do, however, also know this intimately through my own experiences. Um, because through most of high school, I struggled in silence a lot. I was really afraid to tell anyone about my deep depressions that I was having. Um, at the time, I was pretty religious, and so I thought that God was punishing me for not being a good enough person or not praying enough, and I was afraid to let anyone know that I was being punished. Um, I felt ashamed because I thought that it was my fault and that I was weak and of no worth and I should have been able to get out of the depressions on my own and I was not able to do that. Um, I would spend, you know, all night just laying in the dark, staring at the ceiling and all day at school just pretending to be happy and trying to get no one to notice. I think that's definitely an experience that lots of people can relate to. I know it certainly is for myself that, you know, you kind of put on that happy face and uh, people don't really know what's going on with you, and it, it makes it almost harder in some ways to to break out and tell people because they don't necessarily expect it from you. Right. So, I have teachers that I – oops, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I have teachers that I've run into since I've been out of high school that um, found out that I wrote a book, and they – they said they had no idea that I was ever dealing with this in high school because I was so good at hiding it that they they never knew that I was depressed and that I was having such a hard time. Yeah, I think that happens more often than any of us probably realize. So that yeah. must have been kind of a, a hard place to be. How did it make you feel to not be able to share what was going on with you? I really just felt like desperately alone I felt like I don't know I just thought I was the only person in the world who felt as deeply sad and worthless as I thought I was and I just felt like like I was all by myself in this this world in the middle of the ocean that no one could reach me and um, I was just so embarrassed for anyone to find out because I thought that they would think that it was my fault and that I wasn't strong enough to get out of it and that they would think that I deserved it for some reason. And all of my depression led into more thoughts of being a horrible person. And so that made me not want to tell people even more. Sure, sure. So as I kind of mentioned in the introduction, I think a lot of people don't share their struggles because they're afraid to share Was that true for you? Were you afraid to share what was going on with you, or did you just not have the energy to share, or what was was going on with you? 
I was afraid to share. Um, I mean, I didn't have energy. I didn't have the energy to want to talk about it, but mostly I was just afraid that people um, would find out. And the thing that I was actually most afraid of telling people um, was that I also had all these thoughts about hurting myself. And I thought I was like this freak because I just like always wanted to hurt myself. And I would think about it and fantasize about it all the time. And I had a friend who was a cutter who had, um, I had had to recently out to a faculty member because I was worried about her safety. And I still couldn't help thinking about it for myself, though. And so I thought that she would be so mad at me for saying it was wrong for her, but then wanting to do it myself. So I never, even when I told people about my depressions, I never told people that I wanted to hurt myself. Interesting. Interesting. I can certainly see how that would cause concerns, though. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, because you're here with us today, you eventually stopped being silent and actually have become quite um, outspoken about your experiences and what all you've been through. How did you overcome those fears? I overcame those fears because I was really lucky to have people in my life that could see through the happy face that I was making and that eventually started to ask the right questions. Um, people that that kind of knew what was going on, even though I wasn't telling them, um, and people that I trusted. Sure. Trust is always so important, and I'm sure that had a, a good portion of you know, deciding who to tell was involved with who you trusted. Um, were there other ways that you decided who to tell? Um, well, I told my best friends in high school about my depressions, um, and it turned out it was actually pretty easy to tell them because they were actually going through similar things, and they were telling me, and it just kind of came out naturally for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told my my best friends in high school but I also told my mom, um, I have a really good relationship with my parents, and she works in special education and knows the signs of depression, and so she knew what was happening, even though I wasn't telling her, and she would always bug me to talk, and then I eventually did, and once I started talking, it just all came out, and it was just so nice to have someone that I knew would be able to help me, that I could trust, that was an adult. Um, and, like, she's the one I went to when my friend was cutting, and um, then she eventually connected me to a therapist so that I could get more help. Excellent. Do you remember any of, like, the questions that maybe people asked or the way that they brought it up to you? Um, I can't really remember at this point, but I think that, I think that the best way that people would get it out of me is just to ask very direct questions. Mm-hmm. So to ask the hard questions like um, to just straight up ask me, do you feel like hurting yourself? And I think that, um, you know, that would immediately get me to respond and answer. And in my presentations and 
talking to people and teacher, we, we train teachers too when we say, you know, always ask the hard questions but ready for the hard answers because um, when you ask those direct questions, it, it gives people the opportunity to open up and that's when you do hear the hard answers. So being the friend, just be ready to listen and hear the hard answers if you're, you know, that's a good way to get them to open up is to be direct. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So when you were kind of deciding who you were going to tell and maybe how you were going to tell them, um, did you some did you plan it out or how did you kind of prepare yourself to share? So actually I go through this process. I know that I'm like this like outspoken advocate or I'm out talking about how I have bipolar all the time, but still there are times when I relapse and I don't want to tell anyone. So um, I go through actually struggling in silence every once in a while, even now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that doesn't make any sense because I'm like always out there talking about it, but um, sometimes it helps me to write out what I want to say to someone in case I'm in a moment where I get too emotional and I just can't come up with the words and then I can just read what I wrote and get it out. Um, Mm -hmm. I also have an eating disorder and that's the thing that I struggle with not telling people about a lot. And so um, that's one of the things that I often need to, um, you know, get myself the courage to tell people. And so writing it out helps with that too. Yeah, I can really understand that. I think, um, I know for me, it's it's also easier to write things than it is to, to say things out loud. So I can certainly see how that mm-hmm. would be helpful. Have you found any helpful tips on ways to feel safe when you're sharing your experiences with others? Um, to, for me to feel safe with someone, I have to make sure there's someone I trust. Um, And I also like to make sure that there's someone that I've kind of had difficult conversations with before that they, that I know they can handle difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. So I make sure it's someone that really cares about me enough not to tell other people, um, but to also listen openly. And another thing I do, I know that when you're telling someone a lot of times you're, this is the last thing you're thinking of because you're just so freaked out. But I also make sure that they're comfortable because I don't want to tell them and freak them out and have them close off and not be able to, like, handle it themselves um, because that's not going to help either of us. So I make sure that they're able to listen and take it in and that, you know, that it's a dialogue, you know, Um, and so – I make sure they're the right person to tell so that they're comfortable listening to. And I also make sure that, you know, if if they're not ready to hear it, then to stop and realize that this might not be the right person or the right time and to kind of go somewhere safe and recollect myself and kind of make my next plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, obviously there's so many people out there that are also struggling in silence, and I really like what you said that, you know, it, it's not a – you're not just over it forever. You know, there are times in your life that it comes back, and you may be struggling in silence even after a lot of people know what's going on with you. 
um, more in general. They just don't know at that specific point. What would you What would you say to those people who are still struggling in silence? Um, I just would want them to know that they're not alone, and that there's so many people out there that that have dealt with this too, and that are there, ready, and waiting to listen. And it's just amazing every time I give a presentation, when people read my book, I get all of these people that, you know, say, that's my story too, and people that have been there. And it's it's just like, I feel, sometimes I feel like every single person out there has dealt with it in some way or another. And so we're just, it's not only that there's some people that understand, but it seems like everyone, either themselves or through a family member or a neighbor or a friend, has been there. Um, and maybe not high school students, but eventually by the time you're in your 20s, a lot of people have been there. So just know you're not alone and know that, that most of the time when you talk about it, they've been there too and they're ready and willing to help and listen and be there to hold your hand and walk you through it, um, you know, and know that it's a process because, like I said, I mean, I'm an advocate and I can get up in front of 2,000 people and tell them my story and that I have bipolar, but for the first probably five years of being an advocate, I would never tell people when I was struggling because I thought that well, now that I'm an advocate, everyone is looking up to me to be, like, their hope, you know. And so sure. in being their hope, I didn't want to let them know I'm still struggling. So it's taken a lot for me to actually get to the point where I can be more authentic and let people know when I'm struggling now, even though, you know, in some ways I'm, like, up there on the stage as the poster child of living well with bipolar. <laughs> you know, it's a process. <laughs> yeah, I still deal with it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think there's there's so much truth to that. It's it's a tricky thing, but living well doesn't necessarily mean that you never have symptoms. And I think exactly people get you know stuck on that. Um, and you know, DBSA really, of course, tries to come at things from the peer perspective. And as peers, we're going to have setbacks sometimes. And I think it's important that we do share those and allow people to see that vulnerable side of us. And, you know, obviously it's very easy to say that. It's very hard to do it. Um, but I, I think it's really important that you're sharing that message, and hopefully that will help a lot of people know that it's okay to talk about what they're going through and to share. Mm -hmm. So, Linnea, as always, thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you. This has been a great conversation. I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think this is one of the, the hardest things is when you're dealing with this alone. So I'm glad yeah. we could talk about this tonight. Me too. And thank you, listeners. I hope you'll join us again soon for another Young Adult Council podcast. Be well. <laughs>